I'm very excited to share this recording with you guys, which happened at our conference, sasopen.com, with over 100 speakers, all founders of B2B SaaS companies. We have a very high bar for what speakers share on stage, so you're going to enjoy this episode where we dive deep into revenue graphs, real tactics, and real growth metrics. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Thanks to everybody showing up. I see some familiar faces. This is awesome. All right, my name is Calvin Corelli. I'm the founder of Simplero. We're an awesome, uh, simple platform for coaches, course creators uh, to run their entire business, make their lives simpler through that. And that's not what I'm here to talk about today. I'm here to talk about feelings. So emotion is a superpower. How I leverage mine to drive 20 million in revenue Let's go. Um, actually, before we do that, I'm gonna stay on the screen. So let me tell you guys a story. This happened to me in the late uh, 1990s. So in the last century, I was, I was young. I had just met this incredible woman, uh, fallen in love, and we decided that we we're gonna to go to Mexico and spend a month just traveling around in Mexico. It was amazing. And uh, at one moment, we were lying in a hammock, as one does in Mexico. And I, for the first time in my life, I felt safe and loved enough that I dared kind of look inside to some of that darkness that I felt was inside. So I grew up like living from my neck up, completely mental. I was good at program, programming. I was terrified of human beings. I was terrified of my feelings. I had no relationship with any feelings at all. So this was a big deal for me. I was like, God, I feel so loved and safe. Let me just smidgen, open up a little bit. I felt like it was so dark and dirty that if I let anybody see, they would immediately reject me. But I opened up, felt amazing. Now, um, for whatever reason, my, my girlfriend, the, the woman at the time, she wanted to spend a month working as a waitress at a fancy seafood restaurant in, in Denmark, and where we both are from and lived. And, um, I wanted to go scuba diving with a friend all over Central America, so we did that. So a month apart, came back home. She had prepared this incredible meal for me, which, um, of course, she had all these you know, amazing recipes from the seafood restaurant. And I just remember how remarkable it was. It was incredible. And then at the end of the lunch, she said, listen up. This thing that happened in that hammock in Mexico can never happen again. My father died when I was 18. If I had let myself feel any of the feelings, I wouldn't be alive today. You gotta shut that shit down right now. And I was shocked. I was like, ooh, this is weird. So I went to my best friend and I said, hey, like this woman, she said this, and what should I do? And he's like, dude, this is the biggest declaration of love that anybody could ever give you. you those feelings are dangerous. You gotta shut it down. That's the way. I'm like. Okay, the girl I love, my best friend, my entire upbringing, all agree, 
it felt amazing, but they must be right, so I shut it down for another seven, eight years until I couldn't anymore. And that's when I started to get, um, you know, started therapy and coaching and spiritual teacher, and it was what led me to by far the biggest breakthrough in my life. And I'm gonna to talk to you today about how you can do something similar, and I'm gonna share something that happened actually quite recently. So I'm gonna talk about feelings, how they work, how to turn them into your biggest fucking breakthrough, and then what the opportunity is in that. And let me say this, so my talk obviously is very different from what Ray just talked about up here, and from most of the talks at this event, because what I have found is that you can have all the best strategies and tactics and metrics in the world, but if you don't do this, you're still gonna be limiting yourself, and a lot of these things are not gonna mean anything to you. You're not gonna be able to use them, because your unconscious mind, where all of this emotional stuff lives, is literally a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. And this is not like, this is like, your conscious mind can process 40 inputs per, se per second, whereas your unconscious mind processes 40 million per second. It wins, right? So we gotta get the unconscious mind on board or no, none of this other stuff really matters. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So just very recently, actually this New Year, so it's December 30th, and my, uh, my accountant, he calls me and he says, look, we gotta run this, my CPA, this, he, he's, we gotta run this tax, uh, pay this tax bill of $100,000. And I was like, dude, that, I would have loved if you had told me that like a month ago, maybe like two months ago. Because at that point, it was the end of the year and I had intentionally run my cash flow very tightly, uh, made some, some big investments right there. So I was like, fuck. The people who are doing my payroll and, and accounting and that kind of stuff, they're over in the Philippines. They were, I couldn't reach them. So I was like, all right, screw it. Just run the damn thing and we'll figure it out. Come early January, Philippines come back online. I'm like, okay, extend this cash flow. I want to see how bad the situation is. Take it out three months, four months. So they come back to me and they're like, great. By late March, we're going to be negative $125,000. How about that? I'm like, fuck. Uh, like 125K, that's more than just me not taking my salary for a couple months and fixing it. Like I don't pay myself that much. So I was like, shit. And then two days later, they come back and they're like, actually, it's not 125, it's looking more like 165 right now. I was like, fuck, this is going the wrong way really fucking fast. So I felt like, shit, I'm out of control here. And so I had five mornings in a row where I woke up at 4.30 just in a panic. I was like, what's going on? And I know enough now, like A, I don't normally wake up at 4.30. B, I know enough not to try to solve the problem there. In the, in the olden days, I would crawl up into my head and be like, we're gonna try to solve the problem right there. 4.30 in bed is not the time to solve this. It's the time to feel. So the thing is that I've learned is that feelings buried alive never die. Feelings buried alive never die. What does that mean? It means those feelings that we felt at any point in our lives, growing up or whatever, that we weren't able to feel in the moment, we, we kind of shut them off, suppress, we contract, we try not to feel them, they're still inside of us. They're still in there, they're buried alive, and they're still, they will start, be stored in your body as tension, as like different personas, limiting beliefs, uh, and they will hinder you in being who you could be, who you're here to become. And 
what happens is that some situation will trigger something. We all have this feeling sometimes we get triggered, right, by a, a spouse or a ch child or if someone has a boss, the, the boss or a, an employee, some employee or a cash scare or whatever, like that thing triggers us. Well, that feeling is not really, when it's, if it's just a transitory feeling, we feel it, it's gone, we're, we're fine, then that's cool. But if it's one of those like more persistent, it's not about the thing right now. It's because it triggered an old feeling that's still sitting inside of us. And so the invitation when that happens is that you go inside and you feel it. So you let go of the resistance to the feeling because that's what we normally do. We, we, we contract and we hold our breath and we try not to feel it. One of, one of my favorite sayings is from the father of cognitive psychology is fear is excitement with the breath held. Fear is excitement with the breath held. Fear and excitement is the same damn feeling. It's just a matter of do we breathe into it or do we try to oh, contract and hold it away? Like, people buy, pay money to go on a roller coaster and they scream. Why? Because they feel excitement, but it's really fear. It's just that they're not actually scared for the dogs, but the moment that that roller coaster like goes off the rails, like you can see that excitement turn into fear really fast. So what we want to do is we want to let go of that resistance to it and just open up and breathe and invite the feeling in and allow it to expand. And that could be hella scary because if you're not used to this, you might think, oh shit, this is never going to go away. It's going to just go on forever and where's this going to lead? And it might feel like you're free falling and out of control and that's just another feeling. So you just keep riding it. You just keep going. And for me, what happened was, and sometimes it takes a while. So for me, it was like five mornings in a row where I woke up like this at 4.30 and I was like, all right, I'm just going to breathe into it and feel as best as I can. And then finally on the fourth, fifth morning, I was able to go under, to feel it and then go underneath the feeling. And so underneath that layer of panic and fear, I discover like this, this grief and rage, like really intense grief and rage feeling. I was like, and I could feel it. I was like, oh God, this is amazing. Like now it's moving. I, I feel it shifting. And I kept digging. I was like, fuck, this is great. Kept digging. And then under that, I found this victim persona. So have you, we've all, I bet you all have given advice to someone where they're like, ah, I can't solve this. And you're like, well, why don't you do this? And then they're like, no, I can't because, uh, no. And then you're like, okay, then what about this? And they're like, no, I really can't, I can't, it's hard, right? They won't hear because they're stuck in their victim mindset. And I'm sure none of you have ever done that, but I'm sure you know someone who has. And when you're stuck in victim, what you're committed to is having unsolvable problems. So fuck anybody try to fucking solve that problem for you. Because you're, you're hooked into this idea that this problem's intractable, it's really hard. And so I realized, fuck, that's what I'm doing. And, and Ben will realize, but we've worked together. So I've been stuck in, in, my, in, in growth and trying to acquire customers for a long time. And what I realized this morning was, shit, I got really good at computers because they're terrified of human beings, right? Humans would say shit and would make me feel terrible and I wouldn't know what to do with it and to suppress it. And I was like, oh, they're awful. And so I got really good at programming because computers wouldn't talk back. And if they didn't do, if it didn't do what I wanted it to do, I could debug it and figure out why and fix it. Humans were scary. 
And marketing and customer acquisition is all about people and getting them to do what you want them to do, right? So I realized here, I was playing victim when it comes to that. And I was like, this is amazing. I now see what the fuck I'm doing and I can choose to change it. And really, that, not just the mental realization, but that like, I could feel my victim. I was like, great, this is it. So the next thing I did was we were actually, Bryson and I were together in Vegas for a mastermind group. So I went downstairs to the group. Um, I, I got there a little bit late. Every Thursday, I do a live show where we talk about these kinds of things. Thursday at 1 p.m., it's called Unfiltered Live. You can check it out, unfiltered.show. And so we were doing that and then went downstairs after the group. And they're doing this roundtable sharing thing where it was you know, your biggest challenge. And I'll be honest, in that moment, I was like, I'm too embarrassed that I can't fucking manage my cash flow to, to talk about that. So I'm just gonna come up with some other challenge and share that. And then I was like, dude, have courage. You know, be real, right? So I was like, okay, listen up guys. I have this cash flow situation. I don't know what the fuck to do. And then they were like, oh shit, this happens to me all the time. And like, you can go to this site and borrow some money and this other site. And have you tried credit stacking? And maybe you can get a line of credit and all these things. And I was like, that's amazing. And that's what happens when you actually feel your feelings and then you share it with others. It takes that shame out of it. I later shared this story with someone who was a financial advisor and she had bad credit and she'd lived in shame of that for months, for years. And because I shared my story with her, she had got the courage to then share her challenge with others and there was like major relief. So that's the gift that you give others and yourself when you then share what you're going through. And so they not only gave me insights on how to, I could borrow money, but also how I could make a bunch of cash. And in the end, we actually ended up never going negative. We're, we're actually positive by pretty much as much as we were gonna be negative. And, and I rem remember my friend Nathan, wasn't there something about this guy Nathan Latka doing something about like debt financing for, and so I reached out to Nathan, and I was like, is that right? Because I, I, I had heard about it, but I had all this pride about like not owing anybody any money and like having, like that I didn't, wasn't interested. So he's out and he's like, yeah, totally. Plug in your stuff. And then, you know, Pipe.com and Stripe Capital and some of these others, they were willing to lend me maybe $200,000. Plug my shit into Nathan's site and it came back like 2.2 million. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, I had no idea this was available to me. And it all became because of this thing that seemed really scary and, and, and difficult in the first place. And so, and then I was, I was, um, I was on the phone with Nathan. And I was like, hey, I'm like, I'll see you at SAS Open. And he's like, you know, I bought my ticket. I was excited about this. And he's like, oh, that's great, you're coming. Yeah, we should, we should have you speak. And so I landed a speaking gig from this. So not bad. And, and in the end, we actually, um, so I took money, uh, just 400K for now, because, but then I, like, because of this, I realized, holy crap, like, I can have growth capital available to me that I can then invest in team and marketing and other things, rather than I was in this kind of scarcity mindset of, you know, operating everything from just the, the free cash flow, cash flow of the business. Um, so it, it turned out really, really remarkable. And I'm trying to look here to fi figure out what my time is, but I'm not seeing it. Okay, great, cool. So really the point here is that the opportunity is, 
if you keep doing this, as you keep doing it, not only is this going to be the source of your biggest breakthroughs, but also, we all know, like, every, I've, all the leadership books that I've ever written, they all talk about that the core to being a great leader is to really know yourself and being, being authentic, being real with people. And the more that you do this, the more that you dig into those feelings, feel them, let them go. Honestly, that's all you need to do. You, do, you don't need to understand the story behind the feelings or the meaning or any of that stuff. You just need to freaking feel them and breathe and let them go. Let them leave, leave your body. Doing this is going to get you, it's kind of peeling off the layers of the onion for you to become who you really are and who you're really here to be. To me, the, the purpose of life is to like, live our lives and then meet our maker at the end and, and see in the mirror the person that we could have become and hopefully there's sort of a match. And that's what this helps you do. The other thing that all the great leaders talk about is the importance of intuition. How does intuition work though? How does your intuition speak to you? It speaks through your feelings. And so if you have all these old feelings that you've never felt, you're always running around feeling old feelings. You're not actually in touch with your feelings in the moment. So the more that you do this, the more you get access to your intuition as well. And it, it makes you more attractive to other people, to the right people, because you're, you're just more clear. People can see you and feel you more. And so that's what I, I call it, like you are the product, that people, you become radically authentic, attract the right people, and you find lasting meaning. This is the process to do that. And um, I actually, let me see here. I have a book coming out titled, You Are the Product. Make people buy from you because of who you are. So look out for that in the late spring, so, summer. Uh, what's it called? Late, yeah, in the summer-ish. We don't have a, fixed, a set date yet. But that's the point. You get to attract customers, talent, and partners. And really, what I've done with this method, yes, I have never. I bootstrapped to, we're 4 million ARR, we're 5 million in revenue. We've done like 20 million of, of lifetime revenue. Never built a freaking marketing team. Never built a marketing acquisition, customer acquisition funnel. A, because I was a victim, but B, because I was doing this other stuff right. So, you know, um, we work with, with we, it's enabled me to build an incredible business without having to worry about CAC pega periods because we don't have any freaking CAC, right? So, <laughs> which is pretty amazing. And now I get to play at the next level because I did this work and uncovered where I was being victim. And um, uh, like I said, working with FounderPath, the money literally cleared yesterday. <laughs> so, so it's fun. We have like new hires starting on Monday. It's really, I'm really enjoying that piece. And it's, it's crazy, too, how I realized, like, because of that scarcity mindset that I was in, I kept, like, hiring or trying to hire, and we've been struggling to hire good people because I was, like, so scarcity-minded about it. And once I was like, oh, shit, I actually can have money available to me if I do this, um, I hired the best recruiter on the market to find me incredible talent. And, like, literally the day after, he was like, what about this guy? I'm like amazing and so he's been just sending me a stream of just incredible talent that really want to work with me and they all tell me dude I have three other offers 
But I want, I'm going to hold off on all of them till I hear back from you because you're my number one because you're, I just really want to fucking work with you. I have all, a, a lot of content out there that Bryson here helps me put out. And so I'm showing myself there out there with my personal brand and it's really attractive to the right candidate for me. That is the power of that. So like I said, over the past 20 minutes, we talked about the feeling, the trigger, um, and what feelings really are. We talked about how to turn them into your biggest breakthrough and the opportunity that's available to you if you choose to do so. So with that, I'm gonna leave you with just three things if you forget everything else. Number one is feelings buried alive never die. Number two is your triggers become your biggest breakthroughs. And number three, if this nerdy, like totally feeling phobic programmer dude can do it, you have no excuse. Have at it. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Calvin.